Hello and welcome to the installment of the Y Football Podcast with me, Michael Dryden and Eches Adokru. Today we'll be reviewing groups A to C of uh, the upcoming European Championships, looking at who's in each group, their key players and where we think each team will end up um, as the tournament progresses. Before we start, please follow us on Twitter at YFootball underscore and subscribe with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and YouTube. Hello Eches, good evening, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, just uh, watching the Germany-Portugal game on in the background, uh, mm. which is which is pretty exciting. Um, so not too much to report from me. Um, obviously, I can do both because I'm a multitasker. <laughs> That's one, one of my key skills. So. <laughs> I've always said that. Uh, that's not true, but many have. Maybe not you, <laughs> but many, many, many other people have. Anyway, John, how you how, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, not not too bad. Um, obviously, buzzing for the Euros. Um, Portugal, are obviously, the holders, and I wonder if we'll see. I don't think Eder is in the in the squad this year, but uh, <laughs> no, I, don't I wonder think if we'll is. see Portugal because they've got they've got a bit of a banging team. But I don't know if we'll see them go through like they did last time. It's a bit of a shock for them to beat beat France, but. Um, yeah, there's a lot of t- sides that are quite unknown, like Germany side, Italy side. Like I feel as if I don't know much about their teams compared to what I used to, as if they're, they're a bit thinner than what they were in terms of quality. But that being said, teams like Germany and Italy and even Portugal, doesn't matter who they've got on their side, they just end up coming through. <laughs> just They just end up in the semis or the final or whatever. So, Yeah, I think a lot of these sides are lacking, are lacking not, not stars, but up-and-coming players, right? So, mm. uh, you know, Locatelli for Italy is meant to be very, very good. I've not watched a lot of. Uh, Nicola Barella is another one as well. You know, I think they're, they're, there's a few, quite a few players in these national sides that we're going to know a lot more about as time goes on. Obviously, we know um, the guy... I've now forgotten his name, Jamal Masala <laughs> of Germany. Obviously, yes, we know yeah. him because he's English. So you know, there's definitely a few names that I think we know a lot more about once the tournament ends. It's just uh, getting used to them as the tournament progresses. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So let's let's crack on because we've got a lot of teams to go we through. Do. So yeah, we've, we've split them up in half. So we've got the first three groups um, to go. So we'll start with Group A, which is Turkey, Italy, Ooh. Wales. And Switzerland, yes. I'm trying to, trying to add some sound effects because uh, we seem to be lacking on that front. Mentioned it a few times. <laughs> so I'll try that. It wasn't very good, so I'm not doing that again. <laughs> oh, I thought there was a goal in the game. You're watching. No, no, there's no goal in the game. Uh, I, wish there, I wish there was. I could have styled it out better. That was pretty poor. <laughs> so we'll kick off with uh, with Turkey. Um, they So all that group, they play their games in Rome and Baku, which is tough. That's a bit of a... It's a bit of a distance between Baku and Rome, so I thought it was a bit mm. odd that they were playing at both. But um, so yeah, they're playing the games there, and we'll start with Turkey. Um, a bit of an unknown. Uh, so in their qualification for the Euros, which you know, as a kind of context for this uh, whole episode, the, the the qualification period was actually like 2019. So actually, <laughs> we're talking about the qualification period as like a, a trying to get an indi- as an indication of how well they're going to do in this tournament. But actually, it was so long ago. So it's actually yeah. quite difficult to take that. But qualification for Turkey, finished second behind France. Um, they finished on 23 points, which is good, and took four points um, for, from France, including a 2-0 win um, at home against them. Uh, Senk Tosin, actually, Tosin, with uh, five goals um, in that qualification period. I don't necessarily think he's been playing recently for Turkey. or He was on loan, actually, I think, to Berstiktas or Fenerbahce in Turkey from Everton. So obviously he wasn't um, in contention under Ancelotti at Everton. Um, so I'm not sure if we'll see him, but um, Barak Yilmaz, the uh, the Lille hero, who mm. scored the, de- the decisive goal for for Lille to win the to actually win 
the league actually. We won two one in the last day of the season to win it. He got the decisive goal. Um, his goal to game ratio is actually mad. I, I actually know nothing about Berat Yilmaz really. He's one of them players that he's like thirty five now, and he his name has cropped up, you know, on like Football Manager and FIFA and things like that. But I don't actually know much about him. But he's got he's, his goal per game record in league football throughout his career is is better than a goal every two games. It's actually, yeah, he scored like, I think it's something like, he's played like 450 league games because of Korea, he scored like 240 goals. Like, he's actually just banged in goals. <laughs> he scored 29 goals for Turkey in 67 appearances. So, yeah, so aside from uh, Yilmaz, the other players to watch for Turkey, you've got Hakan Konhaglu at AC Milan, who's known for his set pieces. It's the only reason I know who he is, but he scored some absolute screamers over the years. You've got Ozan Tufan at Fenerbahce, Kagla Sayonchu at Leicester, who everyone loved very well. Um, and Mary Demiral at Juve, with Ozan Kabak at Liverpool, um, and Under and Torsen as well are two players that you would know quite well. So at the back, you've got obviously Demiral and Sorrentino are two quality centre halves, um, and quite a good spine then. Yeah, you've got Kanhaglu down the middle with um, Yilmaz up top. So there's quality throughout that side, but uh, I mean, it's an unknown for us. We just don't know these players. A lot of them play in Turkey. Um, someone like Yilmaz, the journeyman, has played across, uh, across Turkey and across Europe. So um, but not many of these players have played in the Premier League, so it's quite an unknown. But we feel as with those names and with the goal scoring record they have, having 23 points in qualification in a team in a group that had France in as well is excellent. So um, there's, there's certainly there's certainly every chance that, that Turkey could could um, do something in this Euros. Their record they got a semi final in 2008, quarter final in 2000, and then two other group stages. They haven't actually qualified for the World Cup since 2002. Oh really? Which is a bit mad. Yeah, it's a mad fact because obviously in 2002 they got to the semi-finals. They came third. Um, they didn't do What's his name? Is it Hakan Suker who scored the fastest goal in World Cup history? So they've obviously, well, I mean, in that particular finals they've went a long way. But um, obviously in the Euros, I mean, well, in, in tournament football generally they've only been to what, four finals since then. So mm. overall, so. Many are saying that this is the new breed. The Turkey team is meant to be very exciting. Mm. I can't cite who said that, nor can I verify <laughs> it. But I will just copy and paste what someone else has said and pass it off as my own information. So to anyone watching Turkey at this Euros, uh, just just watch because they're really talented and very skilled. But don't ask me why. <laughs> don't, don't ask me why. Yeah, and just finally, the manager, I forgot to say, there's Senor, Senor Gunez, the manager. Is the, uh, he was a goalkeeper, actually. You don't get too many managers who were previously goalkeeper. He won six titles as trans... Uh, Trabonza Spore, goalkeeper, um, and two as basic as manager. So, um, it's someone who's got who's tasted success over the years, and um, he was actually the coach at that World Cup actually in 2002. Um, so a big break in between, but he came back yeah. in 2019 to uh, to manage the to manage the side. So, I mean, for, yeah. So for us and for a lot of, a lot of listeners who are big Premier League fans, they're a bit of an unknown. But as you said, seemingly they're very exciting. They've got some stars within that. So. We can see them doing very, very well. Um, so moving on to uh, the next in this group, Italy. So as I said, as I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of people were possibly thinking that Italy are perhaps in a transition period. Um, but if you look at the first 11, actually, it's not too bad. It's squad-wise, it's, it's not not too um, quality in terms of depth. But um, they actually won all 10 games uh, in their qualification. Obviously, that was like 2019, as I mentioned, but they considered just four goals. Um, it was quite a flattering group. They had Finland in their group that came second, um, but winning ten games, winning ten out of ten, is pretty good. We conceded four. I think England won ten out of ten before Euro 2016 in their qualification period, and obviously we all know what happened there. So, yep. <laughs> maybe not the best indicator. 
Um, the manager is uh, Roberto Mancini, and everyone will know very well, um, and has been manager um, of Italy since 2018, actually, which is unbeknown to myself. Um, and yeah, after spells at Galatasaray, uh, Inter and Zenit between his spells at Man City and, and now at Italy. The captain mm-hmm. is Giorgio Giolini, who I know you laughed at me quite not too long ago because I thought that he had reti- retired because I thought he was much older than he is. Mm. Um, Good knowledge. Yeah, I think that was a bad show. I thought he was. Reti- I thought he was much older than. I mean, he's thirty-six. Yeah, it's good knowledge from you. You clearly know your stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, I thought he's retired, but um, no, he's made over 400 league appearances for Juve. Mm. Um, but he, I think anyway, I, t- I checked this fact before, he's, he wasn't actually part of the 2006 World Cup squad, um, despite having over 100, 100 caps for Italy. So um, he's never tasted success at international level. He obviously got to the um, final in 2012, I believe it was, um, losing to, wait, to, wait. Uh, to Spain. Wait, are you sure? Because um, judging by your facts, he would have won the Euros of them in 1968. <laughs> <laughs> so you sure about that, mate? I don't know. You might want to fact check that one. I mean, he looks that old, so just <laughs> <laughs> a bit rude. But, um, so moving on to some more key players, we have Marco Verratti, we all know very well, who's um, at PSG, who's an excellent player. He's actually been at PSG for now for almost 10 years, which is... Uh, feels a bit mad. It feels like he's just like a young player still breaking through, but he's been there for a while. Wants to watch. Um, Joan Luigi Donnarumma, who's been at Milan and linked with the move to Juve. Um, and I don't know what the developments have been with that, but been linked to a move across to um, the old lady. You've got Benucci, um, who <laughs> I think you remember I put a, I had a, basically I won a quite a large bet with Yes, you've told Benucci. me loads of times. <laughs> I was there. Thanks, Ryan, for the 100th time. I had time. Um, Benucci to score... <laughs> Any time. I don't know why I put this on. And um, to be a draw in the game. And it was 1-1 Italy versus Germany. And Benucci um, <laughs> took the only penalty in his professional career and scored. Um, so you might remember that. But yeah, won quite a lot of money. Um, and who else we got there? Lorenzo Insigne, another excellent player. Chiro Mobley scored a lot of goals for Lazio over the last few years. You've got Bernadeschi and you've got Andrea Bellotti as well of Torino. So... Mate, what, what, where is in that list Federico Chiesa, Emmanuel Locatelli, uh, Nicola Brella? Uh, yes, Locatelli, Locatelli was coming up. Chiesa's not in there. Um, but aside from that, they're, they're a side that are lacking in probably in depth. But if you look at their first 11 with the side they have, you've got Jorginho um, holding, you've got attacking talent like obviously Berndeschi and, and uh, Immobile and Insigne. So... The actual first 11, if you look at it, with like Benucci and Chiellini together, um, you've got the Frenzy, you've got Emerson uh, either side, and then obviously uh, Donnarumma, who's still only 22, which is mad. Um, their first 11 is still real quality. And I think it's the same with like Germany as well. And, they, and you could argue the same with most top in, international teams because they've got a lot of players to choose from. Um, but depth-wise, if you look at the bench, it's not necessarily what it, what it perhaps once was. So um, I don't know. It's one of them. I mean, I think a lot of people aren't... Exp- aren't really expecting a lot from Italy this time out, but um, judging by their qualification form, judging by period, uh, judging on you know previous tournaments in the last say, 15 years, they've got a fantastic record in these competitions. So, um, and did you? I don't know if you've seen this yet, but Lorenzo Insigne scored the most mad goal in qualifying. You know the the Robin goal at Old Trafford for Bayern Munich, where mm-hmm. they've, he's, some I don't know who took the corner, but they've they've clipped it over to kind of the far end, far end of the box, like on the edge of the box, and Robbins just hit a first-time left foot. 
yeah. bottom corner, like unbelievable technique. Well, mm. Insigne scored like a very similar goal in qualifying. <laughs> um, it's unbelievable. If you get a chance to look at it, um, please do. Because um, great, but he's a class player and they've got a lot of quality in that team. But um, so yeah, the Euro record, 1968 was when they won the title or won their only title. Um, two runners up since then in the fourth place. So they've got history in this competition and it really could be, well, there won't be, there won't be favourites this time out, but they certainly um, could be knocking on the door. Next in their group, you've got Wales um, and Switzerland. So Wales, um, obviously in 2016, they did exceptionally well to um, to go through the semi-finals, um, even though England somehow beat them last minute with Daniel Sturridge. I remember going absolutely crackers when they scored that. They finished second behind Croatia with 14 points, um, just one ahead of Slovakia and two ahead of Hungary, who they beat 2-0 um, in the last game of qualifying to go through to um, the tournament. Um, Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey and Kiefer Moore, he's got two goals in that qualification period. So not not one, there's not one um, outstanding goal scorer in that, in that mix, but obviously Bale and Ramsey are the outstanding, outstanding players in, in that team. You've got Robert, Robert Page, who's manager, um, obviously, because of this, the debacle surrounding Ryan Giggs, oh, he's just such an evil guy, Ryan Giggs. <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was gonna hold comment, but just what a scumbag! Yeah, it's he, one of them. Like, definition of scumbag, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's one of yeah. them. I didn't, yeah, you don't want to pass too much comment. It's obviously ongoing. What's you don't, don't actually know the ins and outs of what's happened. So, but you know, obviously, what happened with his brother and you know, yeah. Roger Giggs and his wife and. Then this as well. It just doesn't all. It doesn't all stack up as like a nice picture. Does it? No, not not at all. So since so Robert Page came in on interim basis and now is um, effectively going to be. I think he's still on an interim basis, but will be managing throughout the tournament. Whilst I mean, I doubt Gig is going to be back um, in the dugout for Wales, given what's happened um, no. in the there. But uh, yes, yeah, yeah, Robert Page was. Um, he was a defender. Played for Watford, Sheffield United, and. Uh, Coventry City, 41 caps for Wales. He managed at Port Vale and Northampton Town. So um, he's not someone with a kind of glittery managerial <laughs> record or career no. um, or someone who's managed at the top of the game before. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how he does with Wales. He was um, he was like a youth coach at Wales, then went to under-21 manager, then to assistant for, for gigs, um, and then now has obviously taken over. So he really has been thrusted to the top of the <laughs> top of the peck door in terms of the management there. So... It'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, you've got the captain, Gareth Bale, is the key player that we'd say on this list. 91 caps, 33 goals. Everyone knows a lot about, about, about Gareth Bale. Um, set to return to Real after his, uh, his Spurs loan, which you'd say was his loan overall was quite unremarkable. Didn't actually really get utilised as much as um, perhaps he would have been given his record at Spurs previously. And obviously the fact that his wage, <laughs> I mean, mm. I know they wouldn't have been paying 100% of his wage, but even if it was... Even if it was a fifth of his wage, it would still be significant for Spurs. So um, he's 32 this summer, his second Euros um, with with the Welsh. So um, he put them down as a key player. Aaron Ramsey, obviously, is someone who um, has been excellent for for Wales. He scored twice against Hungary to take them through to the qualification period. Uh, sorry, to the to the tournament. So um, another one in there. The other players to watch: Ethan Ampadu. Time's uh, up, by the way. Chelsea. Yeah, I'll move on in a second. Daniel James, Harry Wilson, David Brooks, and Ben Davis, the other notable, um, the other notable key players. And you've got to say Hal, Hal Robson Carney, has got to get mentioned as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. That Cruyff turn. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> the absolute hero of 16. So moving on to Switzerland now, the last in this group, um, Group A. They finished top of their group, actually, the only, the only team in 
Um, I believe it's the only team in this list that finished, oh no, Italy as well, but one point ahead of Denmark and four points ahead of Ireland at the top of the top of their qualification group. Cedric Eaton with three goals. Who is it Rangers, but I've never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hadn't heard of him prior to this pod. Uh, Vladimir Pekovic, um, their manager, is Bosnian. Um, and yeah, they've made every major final actually since he's taken over. So he's got a good record at Switzerland. He, they, they were actually quite hard up in the in the FIFA rankings. I remember at one stage they were like top, yeah, were. top five or six, and I was always wondering why. And they actually beat didn't they beat Spain in the um, 2010 World Cup on the way for them? Obviously the Spanish winning the, win the competition. So they obviously have a, um, a good record under Petkovic um, and could very much be one of the. If we're going to name dark horses in the, in the, in the competition, you possibly put. Switzerland in there along with teams like Austria and Core who aren't so well known but have got good good records. Um yeah. Captain is Granit Xhaka, and you'd say is the arguably the key player. 93, 93 caps um at the age of twenty eight is a lot. <laughs> um and obviously the, the, the King of the Emirates, there's a lot of talk of him potentially leaving uh the Emirates Stadium this summer and talk of perhaps uh someone like Ruben Nevers coming in, so we'll see what happens there. But um he was All right. Dryden Dryden sources. Yeah, so yeah, so this is the first you hear it first in the book. <laughs> I mean, I just saw that on Twitter because loads of people are just saying how they think letting Jacka go for 10 and signing or 15 or whatever million and then bringing in someone like Ruben Neves for arguably more money is not good business because you've not necessarily gotten a much better player. But um, we'll see with that one. Other players to watch. I've got a long list here because um, a lot of players that play in um, the Bundesliga, Kevin and Babu at Wolfsburg, Dennis Zakaria, Mönchengladbach. A lot of Mönchengladbach players, actually. Brilliant mm-hmm. Bolo, also at Mönchengladbach. Anyone who plays FIFA Ultimate Team will have this Swiss team on. Nailed <laughs> yeah. down to a T. Harris Seferovic, who um, are called football manager, was like a golden boy. He's at Benfica. Jiran Shakiri, everyone knows very well. Um, absolutely stacked, <laughs> small midfield player. Uh, Remo Freule, he's at Atlanta, he's done well. Um, in Atlanta in recent seasons, they've done very well. Manuel Akin- Akanji at Dortmund. Jan Sommer, Mönchengladbach, and Cedric Eaton. Um, again, top scorer in qualification. Who's at Rangers? Um, but the most, the, the best they've done is a round of 16 um, in 2016. So, haven't really got the best record in the competition. Um, but given they topped their group, um, given Petkovic's record there, they could be um, they could be a dark horse. They've got a lot of quality Bundesliga players in that in that in that, in that setup. So. In terms of the group, just looking at the outlook here of where we think it might it might end up. Very difficult to see. Incredibly tight group. I think we'd go Italy at the top, as you would do. Switzerland second, Wales third, and Turkey fourth, which is a bit harsh. And given we mentioned earlier about Turkey, perhaps um, another being another perhaps dark horse in this in this competition. have had a good kind of golden generation come through. Um, given Wales did so well last time, and have got their stars, um, and Italy and the Swiss. Um, we did well in qualification. You've got to, it's harsh, but we're going to put Turkey at the bottom. Wales third, Switzerland second. Ooh, first. Ooh. Any Turkish listeners, Ooh. I do apologise. Someone's got to go bottom. <laughs> that is true. That's true. Straight facts. Uh, so, so moving on to Group B, which which I'm going to quickly run through. Uh, obviously, we got in there. You got Denmark. We've got Belgium. We've got Russia. We've got Finland. Mm. Just to kick things off with Denmark, uh, they qualified with a record of played eight, one four, drew four. Uh, 23 goals for six against. Uh, their qualifying top goal scorer is Christian Eriksen, mm. and they came second behind in the group, uh, behind Switzerland, and then they were ahead of Ireland, Georgia, and Gibraltar. 
They're managed by Casper Hulmans. Yes, <laughs> you know, everyone knows big Casper. Uh, yes. He used to be um, a coach at uh, Norgeland um, beforehand, and they're captained by Simon Kier, who people do know. He he's plays for AC Milan currently and was previously mm. at Fenerbahce, Sevilla, Lille. Um, you know, he's played in Europe or Western Europe for quite a bit of time. Key players tough one, uh, looking at the Denmark to Danish team. I'd probably say Christian Eriksen, um, looking at the, in the quality players that they do have. Um, you know, brilliant in the Premier League. Struggled at times at Inter Milan, but I believe has come back yeah. strong. Has obviously won the Syria with um, Antonio Conte. Mm. Looking at key players again, we'd say Christensen at Chelsea. Tough one again, because he's been in and out of the side really under Tuchel. Um, but is important for them. Uh, Hoiberg, who for two months, everyone was saying was the best signing of the season. <laughs> yeah. And then his season crashed yeah. and burned, just like the rest of the Tottenham team, which made me very happy. <laughs> God. Um, so, yeah, Gosh. thank you for that, Hoiberg. They go, yeah, why do we also have Greenwich Jacker? We could have got Hoiberg. It's like, because he's just not that good. <laughs> <laughs> he's just not that good. But fair enough. Uh, Hoiberg is important for them. Joachim Anderson. My flatmate's a big Joachim Anderson fan. Uh, he was at Fulham uh, this year on loan. I think he's gone back to Leon, um, but he's a, he's a big fan of his. I've seen him mm. a few times. He looks quite decent. Kasper Dolberg up top. Uh, Thomas Delaney of Bayern Munich as well as another mm. decent player. And Jonas Wind, who scored, I think, 17 league goals for Copenhagen this year. So he's a, another good player for them to uh, have. Uh, in terms of Euro record, they have the best Euro record in the whole list. Forget England, forget Germany, forget all of the ones that won trophies. I don't know why I mentioned England; they haven't won it. But forget all of those. Forget all of those teams. <laughs> so obviously, uh, Denmark won it in nineteen ninety two after failing to qualify. What? How can you fail to qualify? And then you enter. They entered because Yugoslavia was breaking up, so they got a place uh, instead of them. And they ended up winning it, which is absolutely mad. So they won it in 1992, uh, yeah, which is mad, yeah. really, really good for them. Uh, so, yeah, uh, don't mess with Denmark. Um, talented, I'd say a sturdy squad. That's that's what I'd say with, with, with Denmark. Uh, a sturdy team. <laughs> yeah, functional. Functional. We'll, we'll see uh, what they get up to. Moving on to Belgium, favourite team in the group. Uh, obviously, they came top of their group with a perfect record of 10 wins. Ooh. Um, yeah, oh, wow. they did really, really well. Romelu Lukaku was top scorer with seven goals. He's had an absolutely brilliant season. He was named Player of the Year. Uh, they're managed by Roberto Martinez, who is a con man. And the reason why he's a con man, right? Because it's like, why, <laughs> why is he, he managing their golden generation? Okay, Roberto Martinez, okay, he did an absolute madness when uh, Wigan needed to stay up. I think they were play, play, they played like Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, and they got like seven points. And they managed to stay up. He did okay at Everton, but in the end got the sack. I just don't know really why he is the one you would entrust. Yeah. Belgium, we've got this golden generation of players, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, you know, Nasser Chadli, Carrasco, Lukaku, Mertens, all that. And we're going to entrust Roberto Martinez with that team. Yeah, but it's hard to get, I think it's hard to get like a top coach to. I do agree. Yeah, yeah, I do, got, I like, do agree. I mean, you've got like Joachim, even Joachim, uh, Joachim Law at Germany. Hadn't really, well, hasn't managed a top level of club football. Go Southgate. I mean, what he was sacked by Borough. <laughs> yeah, so true. I think it's hard. So, I mean, to be fair, for an international coach, he's possibly up there in terms of like career to date. But yeah, I get what you mean because you know the, the, you've got these managers who haven't really done much in the club game who are managing some absolutely exceptional <laughs> players. Um, so yeah, I get what you mean. 
Yes, yeah, so Shea my name is Conman. The captains, <laughs> uh, I've put the note of Chubby Eden Hazard. I don't know why I put Chubby. I think I was, I don't know why I put that rude. down. It's a bit rude to be honest, <laughs> especially coming from me as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so Eden Hazard's the captain, obviously been completely out of form since he's left Chelsea, which is a concern for them. Uh, also key players, Kevin De Bruyne, Again, concern over him with his broken cheekbone and nose, I think, is what he broke. So he might miss. I think he's definitely missing the first game. I don't know if he'll miss any more, um, which is really, you know, difficult for them. But obviously, they have other great players as well, uh, like Romelu Lukaku, who's a, you know, player of the year in Italy. Yuri Tielman, yeah. who got the winner in the FA Cup, so his, his confidence will okay. be very high. Uh, Thorgan Hazard, um, you know, Hazard number two, obviously a very talented player. Um, Yannick Carrasco, they've got quite a few players there who do very, very well. The Euro record, they were runners up in 1980, where they lost to Germany 2-1, which would be really, really interesting. But um, yeah, it's kind of, this is the last chance saloon for them, really. So I'm interested to see. I think a lot of their players are kind of not over the hill, but, you know, Dries Mertens is 34. Um, is it? Yeah, I think a lot of their really good players are kind of over the hill. They've got issues in defence. All of the defence is over 30. Vermaelen, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, you know, against some of the sharper, pacier defenders, they could struggle, but you never know. They could all pull together and, you know, have one last chance to win it all. Yeah. But we'll move on to my next team, which is Russia. They came second behind Belgium, ahead of Scotland, Cyprus, Kazakhstan and San Marino. Gotta love San Marino. <laughs> Their top scorer is Artem Zuba with nine goals. I, that guy, he moves like like a train. He's just so <laughs> like it turns like an oil rig. He's just so slow. Like, nine anyway, goals, though. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's, got, he's, got, he's got nine. He's got nine goals there. So I can't really turn my nose up at that. Uh, they're managed by Stanislav Cherasov, uh, former manager at Spartak Moscow and goalkeeper, mm. former goalkeeper of the USSR. He's famously the coach who beats Pen on Pens at the last World Cup. He looked miserable. And when they won it, there's like no, <laughs> there wasn't a smile on his face. He just looked like someone told him, like, being fired in the morning. Well, obviously, they, they did really, really well. He had, the, he had the mortgage on Spain going through, I think. Yeah, he probably did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, man, they're managed by, uh, not managed by, so their captain, sorry, is Artem Zuba himself, uh, who is, uh, you know, obviously the talisman for them. He's also their key player, according to the UEFA.com website, but I've also picked a few more. Uh, looking at Alexander Golovkin, or Golovin, sorry. Mm. Uh, he's at Monaco, who I think at the last um, tournament, the world is at his feet. He yeah. hasn't kicked on as much as people would have thought, but still a very talented player. And Denis Cheryshev, who you know very well, and you obviously you've loved uh, and do love still very dearly for reasons we can't talk about on this pod. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds so Yeah, it does. But they, you know, they have some decent players. I mean, it's not really the magical team they had in 2008 when they got to the semi-finals they did win yeah. it in 1960 as, as ussr but yeah that 2018 when our Sharvin was just our Sharvin was literally selling hot dogs every 20 seconds <laughs> <laughs> he was selling he was selling them by the gallon like every time i, I watched um russia holland uh highlights and everybody's getting spun everybody's yeah, getting he spun. would have been a nightmare to play against because like he's just constantly He's just constantly trying to pierce you. <laughs> yeah, he's, he just drops. He just he's got really good center of gravity, so he drops the shoulder very well, and the ball was stuck to his foot. And him and Pavlyuchenko had a field day. Pavlyuchenko, yeah, my dad absolutely hates Pavlyuchenko, but yeah, that's Russia. And the final team is Finland, who I don't have a great amount of detail on. I'm not going to pretend I know a great deal about them, but they came second in a group behind Italy. Interesting. Mm, um, yeah. Which 
is is, is very, very decent from them. Uh, their top scorer is Timo Puki, who we know very well from his time in England with yep. 10 goals. Their manager is uh, Marku Kaneva, um, obviously a very big name in football as well. He is ex-Finnish <laughs> under-21 boss. Their captain is Tim Spav. Uh, I'd probably go with their main player being Timo Puki, and I, I don't really know. I think Finland have come for the ride, but you never know. Um, they, I don't know too many of their players, um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, where they end up. Looking at the four teams and kind of where they'll go through, I think looking at Belgium, they're going to they're going to come top. I think they should get all the way to the semi-finals, where they should face. Uh, France, I believe, in the mm. semi-finals. They should, they'll face a third-place team if they come top. Then they should face Italy. I think they'll overpower. Potentially, they could lose, mm. in fairness. Um, and then they'll face France in the semi-finals. Russia are going to come third. You know what? Thirds are quite hard to predict, right? Because I don't actually know if they'll get through. It depends on how many points they have. But I'll put yeah. them down as third. Finland, rock bottom. Tiro Puki, they will get like a brace or something. So they'll go wild for that. And Denmark will come second, I believe. So they'll face Switzerland in the last 16, most likely, right? That could mm-hmm. go either way. Um, yeah. You know, Switzerland, I'll probably tip it towards them. But because I've reviewed the group, I have to back the Danish boys yeah, and Christian Eriksen. Own, yeah. I have to back my own. So I'm going to go with uh, Denmark for that. Um, but yeah, that is that is Group B summarised. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I think you're correct with Belgium. It really could be last chance saloon with the age of some of their players, but the quality is still there. So, But yeah, so we move on to Group C. Group C is the Netherlands, uh, Ukraine, Austria and North Macedonia. So we'll start with the Netherlands uh, here. So they, they finished second um, in their qualification group, uh, two points behind Germany. <laughs> it's a tough, tough mm. group for them. Um, and six points ahead of Northern Ireland. So it was fairly comfortable in, in the end. Wijnaldum, Wijnaldum was their top scorer, actually, with eight, um, which is quite bizarre. I mean, we've seen him score goals for, for Liverpool and particularly for, for Newcastle. Um, so he's definitely got it in him, but with him to get eight goals... <laughs> Uh, Hatrick in his final game against Estonia. Um, perhaps unlikely. Frank de Boer is their manager. I mean, honestly, when we start going through these and preview, previewing the Euros, I realise there's so much about um, international football I just don't know. <laughs> mm. Frank de Boer is there, formerly of Ajax, um, into Crystal Palace, as we all know, um, and Atlanta United. Um, he replaced Coleman from September 2020. Uh, the captain is uh, Virgil <laughs> van Dijk, but he won't be in the squad. Um so I was, I, I was laughing because uh, apparently Frank de Boer has been stinking it up since he's become manager. <laughs> so Frank de Boer obviously was the guy of Ajax, yeah, cool. But apparently he's absolutely stinking it. So um, good luck to him. Sorry, that's all I had to add. That's all <laughs> thank, I had to add. He's thank you. Up. I mean, at Palace, he was... I remember Mourinho uh, had that <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, so, yeah good. Uh, so, so, just say, anyway, that story is absolutely cracking. Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't you say like... Um, I can't remember what he said, but it, uh, he just absolutely slayed him in, in the uh, press conference. I think um, what it was, was um, he basically said, why would I listen to a prim- uh, someone who managed in the Premier League and didn't win a game? Yeah, yeah worst record like, in Premier League history. Yeah, well, yeah, worst, yeah, that was it. Worst record <laughs> in Premier League history. That is a stinger. Well, it's, it's kind of fair enough. It's a stinger. <laughs> but you know you know when you play like Tekken and uh, Mortal Kombat and you get a critical hit? That is a critical hit. Like, <laughs> your life bar is down. Like, that is defeat yeah, that's a FIFA, FIFA street game breaker that is yes yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, so yes I mean Van Dijk is the usual captain but he won't be there this time um, due to injury so Juan Aldum uh, so he was captain against Scotland in the recent friendly so 
Um, I think we're expecting to see Wayne Alderman as captain um, and would be one of the key players that we'd, we'd mention. We've also got Matthew Delete, Mathis Delete um, at Juve uh, and Frankie de Jong as well, the big names from that team, Frankie at, at Barca. Um, so, yeah, the key player you'd possibly say or possibly Wayne Alderman just because, and not necessarily because they're the best at the, at the bunch, but um, they're not really as strong going forward as what they used to be. I mean, I looked at the team that they play. They played against Scotland, and they had uh, Ryan Babble still on the bench. That guy is immortal. Yeah, he, <laughs> he actually is. Um, so the other ones to watch in this team, you'd say Memphis Depay, Barca bound. And um, there's some you got Donny Van der Beek at United, um, Owen um, Owen Windel and Denzel Dumfries. Uh, Windel's at Isle Agmar, Dumfries at PSV. You mentioned them because they're quite good attacking wing backs. Um, You've got Stephen Bergwies at Feyenoord, Luke de Jong, Sevilla, um, who's glowed up. Daniel Malin, who a lot of people are, are raving about. Uh, PSB, formerly of Arsenal, I believe. Yeah, correct. Arsenal youth? Yeah, correct, correct, correct. Yeah, it's good knowledge for me. And Stephen Burwine, we know from his, well, he's at Spurs. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so there's a lot of names there, um, but not necessarily the sort of names that we're used to seeing in that Holland team. You think the, the days of Van Persie, Robin, Van der Vaart, et cetera. So, um, it's still a strong side, though, and again, like I don't know if it's just every team other than other than uh, England, but always seem to creep up in the the last stage of the knockouts, yeah. uh, obviously the final of the the World Cup in 2010. So you know they've got a they've got a knack of getting through. They've won uh, one title in 1988, um, and they've had four fourth place finishes. Although they didn't although they didn't qualify for uh, 2016, which which is disappointing. Remember when England didn't qualify for was it 2008? Mm. It's just the it's just the worst thing watching tournament. Your team hasn't qualified. Yeah, uh, shocking. Um, so moving on um, to the rest of the group. It's quite a good group for for Holland. To be fair, for the, for the Netherlands, you've got Ukraine, uh, the next team to mention. Um, not historically a strong side. How they did come first in their qualifying group, three points ahead of Portugal. Obviously the holders, um, and unbeaten across uh, the eight games. Top top scorer on that was mm. Roman Yaremchuk with four goals. And their manager is Andrei Shevchenko, who has just got to be the biggest national hero in the whole country. I swear, he was like running for, was he like running for like office or something as well at one point. He can he can do everyone. He can release toothpaste. He can release TVs. He can sell cars. He can sell windows. He can sell trees. He, he can do he can do anything he wants. Andrei Shevchenko, honestly, the guy in Ukraine, he must be an absolute just like gem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually, he wouldn't he wouldn't tell us for Ballon d'Or actually, Shevchenko. Um, he's there all round. Uh, all-time top goal scorer with 48 goals. And um, the captain of the current side is Andrei Piatov at 36. There's a lot of old captains kicking about in this Euros as well, I've noticed. Yeah, there um, are too, fair. Wise uh, heads. So <laughs> yeah, so born in, um, he's born in the USSR, interesting. Um, and is likely to be, be between the sticks as goalkeeper. Um, he's been in Shakhtar Donetsk since 2007. Um, long time. Uh, key player. So Ruslan uh, Malinovsky. Is a, is a key player at Atlanta. We've had a, a good couple of seasons in the last few years. Uh, signed from Genk in 2019. Said to have a good distribution um, and the ability to uh, glide between the lines, etc. Quite a mobile player. So um, it's someone that would be worth watching at this tournament. Other players to watch, um, and we really are scraping the barrel because <laughs> it's a lot of these names. A lot of them play in a lot of them play in Ukraine and 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 Russia and Eastern Europe and stuff. So not as not household names for us usual Premier League watchers, but you've got Victor uh, Saigankov, <laughs> I can't say, uh, who's at Dynamo Kiev. You've got Andrei Yamalenko, who most people will know, 
yeah. um, from his time at West Ham, or he's currently at West Ham, um, and Roman Yaramchuk, who was top scorer in qualifying, and the other ones to watch as well, but not not swear the talent that anyone would really recognise, hence why the list is quite short. Otherwise, I'd just be naming names that no one would know. No one knows. <laughs> Aside from the players I mentioned, unless you mention anyone. Um, but yeah, so an unknown team for most, but given how well it didn't qualify him, um, potentially one to watch at this tournament, uh, even though qualifying was a few years ago. Um, as you as Ukraine, they've qualified twice for the tournament um, and once as the former Soviet Union um, as a whole, but they've never actually made it out of the groups. Have Wait, why, why did you throw shade on Zinchenko? Oh, Zinchenko has not been mentioned. No, he's not. Um, the absolute hero that is... Boo! Zinchenko. Zinchenko's got to go in there as well. I completely forgot he's Ukrainian. But yeah, he'll be he'll be going in as well. Um, one of them players that like is left back for for uh, City, but if he's that if he's one of the better players in the team, might get pushed up the field further field. So yeah. yeah, we add him to that list um, alongside Yarmolenko and Co. Moving on to Austria, um, they qualified second in their qualification group, six points behind Poland and five points ahead of North Macedonia, who also who are also in the group. Um, top scorer in that in that qualification period was Marko Nautovic with six. Uh, goals. Their manager is Franco Forda, who's a, a German manager, defender, former defender for West Germany, um, and formerly of Sturm, Sturm Graz, where he spent a lot of his youth coaching and then coaching career um, at that club and Austria. So hence why he's then moved up to the, the Austrian national team. Uh, the captain is Julian uh, Baumgartlinger, um, who's 33, another oldie, uh, buying Leverkusen midfielder. Many might know him from his Bundesliga exploits. He didn't start against England, so it might not be as obvious um, to those listening, um, but has 83 caps for Austria, so is a mainstay of that side. Key players, um, you're looking at Marco Arnautovic, who's currently at Shanghai Port in China. Then you've also got the likes of David Alaba, um, who's, who's moved across to Real Madrid, uh, and Marcel Sabitzer uh, of RB Leipzig, who, another player that you'd put in the key player list. Other players to watch, you've got Christoph Baumgartner at Hoffenheim, Konrad Leimer at RB Leipzig, Stefan Leiner at Mönchengladbach, um, Sasse Kalahadzic at Stuttgart, and then Michael Grigorzic at Augsburg. You'd see with the players to watch. Um, so the ones to pick out. Um, if I've missed any of these lists, as we already have missed it's difficult. Trying to get like a flavour of what who the players are, but... Um, without going into too much detail, because obviously we're going through a lot of teams. Um, the Euro record, two, they've had two qualifications, but never made out of the of the group stages. Um, and they co-hosted with Switzerland in 2008, that I mentioned uh, earlier. Uh, so finally, in this group, Group C, got North Macedonia. I have very little information on North Macedonia, other than the hero that is Goran Pandev. Goran Pandev uh, <laughs> will be representing um, them at this, this competition. Um, and he must be, I don't actually have his age, but he must be like late 30s now. Um, Champions League winning with Inter um, and an absolute hero of North Macedonia. So he'll be there. Good to see him in that uh, in that setup. So for Group C overall, um, it's actually just worked out quite easily, really. Ne- Netherlands at the top is who I've went for as the winner. Then Austria in second, Ukraine in third and fourth, North, North Macedonia. North Macedonia, an unknown for most of us. Uh, so the, the reason why North Macedonia have to come fourth is because earlier in this pod, John did say someone has to be fourth. Uh, so if you can take anything to... exactly, if you can take anything away from this pod, 
I just remember that someone has to be fourth. That's what I have to say. <laughs> but it's a big achievement for them to, to qualify. I mean, yeah, um, it really is. Uh, Elgif Elmas was the top scorer, four goals. Not, again, unknowns. They went through the playoffs, beating Kosovo um, and Georgia. So um, I think this is their first competition as a, as a nation. And uh, they didn't qualify for 16. Um, so, yeah. So it's um be interesting to see what they've got. Um, but yeah, Goran Pandev's 37. <laughs> And just finished his 20th season in Italy is the fact I've just found here. Um, but yeah, he's he's won a lot and he's a, a key player for them. So we'll see how um, how they fare. Okay, so that's all for the first three groups, A, B and C. Um, we've worked out that I think the Netherlands, Austria, um, who else are we going through? Italy and Switzerland. And who came, who came through from your groups? Uh, Denmark and Finland. No, it's Denmark and... Uh... Denmark and who's the other team in my group? I forgot now. Denmark and drum roll, please. Uh, Belgium, 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 Belgium. No, I don't know, Belgium, yeah. So yeah, so not, I mean, for the first three groups, not a lot of the big hitters. Obviously, England are not in these in these three. Um, so in our second instalment, which will be coming later, um, well, this week, um, we'll be covering the big hitters. So, um, so yeah, thank you, thank you, Etches, for. Um, your input on Group B and yeah we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you all next time Brilliant, cheers thanks a lot guys <laughs>